Kentucky basketball is just a little bit behind the eight ball when it comes to their 2025 recruiting class, but maybe the recent visit of Boogie Fland will change some things for UK. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what is going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics on today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. Going to be taking a look at recent UK prospect Boogie Flan, five-star combo guard that the Wildcats are really excited about. A lot of big-time schools pursuing Boogie Flan's services. Going to be taking a dive into what he is and his recent visit with UK. Also on today's episode, going to be revisiting the non-con slate. That's right, we're taking a look at it once again. Andy Patton, writer here at Wildcats Today and the host of the Locked On College Basketball podcast, giving us some insight on what UK's non-con slate looks like, and he's going to rank the most meaningful games uh, from 1 to 13, obviously, in that non-con slate. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. You can make every moment more, and right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 and bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. All right, so let's go ahead and get into it. Kentucky basketball has had a recent visit from a five-star prospect. Now, on today's episode, I am going to give you the insight on what's going on with Boogie Flan, who he's looking at, uh, the kind of the scouting report on him. Not a whole lot to take away from his actual visit here But I've got a bigger topic at hand for you guys about Kentucky basketball needing to pick things up on the recruiting trail. Boogie Fland, I think, could help change things, change the momentum for the Wildcats. So who is Boogie Fland? Well, he is a five-star combo guard, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show. Six foot three, 165 pounds out of Archbishop Stepanak is where he's from, the high school he's from, in White Plains, New York. Again, this is a 2024 prospect for the Wildcats, so next year's class, number 15 overall in the 2024 cycle. According to 24-7 Sports, according to the composite rankings, he is the number nine prospect overall nationally, number two comma guard, number two player in the state of New York. He's being pursued by a lot of different big-time names here from uh, across college basketball, Alabama being one of them, Indiana, Kentucky, obviously, Maryland, Michigan. Uh, he's got a lot of, got a lot of names on, on his list. I believe he announced a top eight back in July, which included UK, obviously, Bama, Michigan, Maryland, North Carolina, Indiana, Yukon, and St. John's. A lot of teams from the Northeast there, a couple of here down south with Bama, UNC, and UK, obviously the big name basketball schools right now. He is expected to take official visits to Alabama and Maryland in October, leaving the Huskies and the Red Storm as the two teams yet to get him on campus for an official. I believe that is from, I believe it's from KSR, Hunter Shelton on three uh, with the with the Wildcats there 
And then I've got a scouting report. The only thing that I could find about his game, unless you want to go and watch his highlights, and to be honest with you, this time around, I didn't really have a lot of takeaways from his highlights other than what was said in the on three scouting report is, in, and here it is for you, quote, Boogie Flan plays with a New York flair. He has a good handle and is able to shoot the ball from each level. He has a deep range off the bounce and will pull up if you give him an inch. He sees the floor well, gets his teammates in, involved, and takes care of the ball valuing possessions there is a floater game in there as well with a one and two dribble pull up he will need to continue getting stronger as he and he is a solid athlete and has average length the confidence is sky high and that's kind of what i want to put an emphasis on here and the skill set is obvious he has a comfort playing on the ball or off the ball in a two-guard lineup never afraid of the spotlight charismatic missed a lot of his sophomore season with injury and that's kind of the big thing that I took away from it is that there's a lot of confidence when it comes to shooting the basketball with Boogie Fland you can see it in his highlight tape and it's what on three said here if you give him an inch he's going to take the shot now I also think that it's interesting that I point out that he values possessions and I don't think you really get to see a lot of that in his highlight tape about how he takes care of things because it's a lot of scoring obviously but I, I agree with what on three says here he's a very talented player obviously needs to bull I don't want to say eh, I'll take that back I don't want I don't think he necessarily needs to bulk up a ton, but I think he needs to get stronger uh, just so that he can handle the collegiate game a little bit better. He, he's got another year here in basketball and high school within uh, within the New York system, so we'll see how he pans out there. But yeah, I like the confidence. I like the swagger. I like the energy. I like the comfort. This is something that I really see out of these high school prospects that the Wildcats are pursuing. It's just the fluidity of their game at times at the high school level, and you start to ask yourself, how does that translate to the collegiate game, obviously, we get to see players like Justin Edwards. You know, I really liked his game coming out of high school. Very fluid basketball player. How it translate in the Global Jam? Well, he had a couple of different rough moments. But as the as the round robin went around, you really got to see Justin Edwards get comfortable and start to shoot the ball better despite a little bit of an awkward form. You know, start to take aggressive, uh, aggressive stances on offense, play really strong on defense, grab a lot of rebounds. With a player like Boogie Fland, I, I prefer him, honestly. You could you could put him on or off ball. I'm not actually not going to sit here and tell you one way or the other uh, about where I would put him. Uh, because with Reed Shepard, whenever he was listed as a combo guard, I sat here and told you, yeah, he's better off ball. And I still think I, be I, I believe that, although you could absolutely play him at point guard. With Rob Dillingham, I prefer him on ball. With DJ Wagner, I would prefer him on or, on or off the ball. It really doesn't matter. With Fland, I'm kind of there with the same thing with Wagner. Uh, I, I'm not really strongly pulled one way or another in terms of where I would slot him with UK next season. And that's kind of where I want to transition here. This is what I want to get to. And I think that this is the biggest takeaway from today's episode. If you take away anything, Kentucky basketball right now only has one recruit in their 2024 recruiting class. And that is four-star center Somto Cyril. Some thought he would reclassify and join this year's club. And now he is going to be in next year's class. He's the only recruit, and right now I think Kentucky basketball needs to kind of pick things up. They've really missed out on some of these big-time names uh, in the 24-7 in the sports composite rankings. According to 24-7 sports, let's just walk through it here. The number one player in the nation, Cooper Flagg, projected to go to Duke right now. Number two, Dylan Harper, projected to go to, go to Rutgers. Number three, Ace Bailey, already at Rutgers, committed to, uh, to, committed to the Scarlet Knights. Really interesting what Rutgers is doing on the recruiting trail. Trey Johnson, projected to go to Baylor. Uh, Flory, obviously we know, went to Kansas. Ian Jackson went to or committed to North Carolina. I believe he's been committed for quite some time. Derek Queen, committed or projected to go to Maryland. Carter Knox at number eight is, I believe, the only player in the top ten that the Wildcats have like a legitimate shot with right now. 
Uh, he's a five-star small forward, obviously the brother of uh, uh, the brother uh, brother of the other Knox brother that played here uh, for for UK, obviously. Um, but you you look across this board here, and you get to look down ten. I think number ten on. You've got Drake Powell committed to North Carolina. Isaiah Evans committed to Duke. Carter Bryant committed to Arizona. I mean, obviously, Kentucky's going to be able to get theirs. They're going to be able to get some of these guys, and then Boogie Fland, obviously, uh, at, at, uh, as, the, as the prospect the Wildcats are currently uh, in hot pursuit of. If you can get Knox, if you can get Fland, that would be great. I, I'm trying to think of what the positions of need are going to be next year for UK because you look at this roster right now, I think you feel good about either either Zvonimir coming and playing a little bit more next season, or I think you feel good about potentially... I think you could see a world where Uganda and Yenzo comes out. Kevin, I, I'm so sorry. I, I could not think of Kevin Knox's name. I have no idea why that completely slipped my mind. Uh, Carter Knox, the brother of Kevin Knox, and not, not nearly as tall. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think Kentucky right now is in a weird spot with their front court because of what it's going to, I think what it's going to change into next season. You understand the fact that you're going to lose out on DJ Wagner, maybe on Rob Dillingham, Reed Shepard, I think is going to come back. Antonio Reeves is going to be gone. Justin Edwards is probably going to be gone. If you can get Boogie Fland and then you can get Carter Knox to play small forward for you, you've got two positions filled out there. But guys, there are what? There's Liam McNeely, who I don't think Kentucky's in pursuit of right now. Uh, there's Jaden. I'm not even going to try and pronounce your, your last name off rip. Kentucky's in pursuit of him. I just don't know. Uh, I think it's acquaintance. I, I believe that's actually may how you may be how you pronounce his name. But yeah, Kentucky basketball right now, just not on top of some of the biggest recruits in the game for the 2024 class. And I just, I, I don't know what the approach is going to be next season. And it may be one of those things like we've been seeing over the past couple of years where it's like you have a good season, bad postseason. You have a tumultuous offseason, eh, season. You have a tumultuous offseason, What's this season going to look like? And then are you going to have to ride the wave again with another tumultuous offseason where you can't bring in players and can't get things solidified? So I, I'm just really, really curious to see what that looks like for UK. So if you've got any thoughts on what the class is going to look like for the Wildcats and what they could be doing, what they should be doing, you can leave all of that in the YouTube comments below. Or you can hit me on the socials at LockedOnUK. All right, I want to take a dive into this non-con slate one more time here. I want to take a look at what the Wildcats are dealing with and take a look at this article from our friend Andy Patton over at Wildcats today. How should we rank the non-con games in terms of importance? We're going to dive into that in just a second. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Athletic Brewing. It's now time for your Game Changer of the Week, brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Much like, and I'm going to say this, and some of you may disagree with it, Devin Leary, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Devin Leary did not look like the problem on Saturday during Kentucky's close win over EKU. Tossed a few touchdowns. I got to see his arm on full display. I think he's going to continue to grow, and he is going to 
lead this team to some really solid SEC wins. That is why you need to get a guy like him in your room that can completely change the game for you. An athletic brewing company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that taste really good, that are full of flavor, well-crafted, just like a full-strength beer. Their brews are great tasting and award-winning and beat out full-strength beers and global competitions. They brew over 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Goldens, Sours, and more. And they're constantly releasing limited editions, experimental styles to add to their variety. No hangovers ever. You can find the Athletic Store in-store online and at bars around the country. They're the fastest-growing non-alcoholic brewery in the U.S., so you need to get on board today. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first first online order over at athleticbrewing.com. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions, and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. All right, continuing along here on the Monday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. If you've not subscribed to the YouTube channel already, please go ahead and do so. If you're listening on podcast and you haven't subbed to the feed, you can also do that as well. Really appreciate everybody out there listening and watching wherever you are tuning in. What are the most important games for Kentucky basketball in their non-con slate? Well, Andy Patton, writer for Wildcats Today, host of the Locked On College Basketball podcast, decided to rank Kentucky basketball's non-con games 1 through 13, and we're going to go through them here on today's episode, the most important non-con game. We've talked about this. I think I completely agree with this from Andy Patton. Kansas is the most important non-con game of the slates, I think that you can make an argument for a couple of others, but I think the Jayhawks week one, or we, gosh, it should be the first couple of weeks of the season, game three uh, of the season, I think is really important for UK. Andy Patton had to say this, Kentucky will have a mega early season test in Chicago and may have to handle this one at less than full strength if either Aaron Bradshaw or Uganda and Yenza are still recovering from off-season injuries. Kansas is likely to begin the season ranked number one in the AP poll after Bill Self reloaded an already excellent roster during the offseason. Jayhawks lost Grady Dick, Jalen Wilson to the NBA, and a whopping seven players to the NCAA transfer portal, but they added the best player available in the entire offseason, former Michigan center Hunter Dickinson. Uh, KJ McCullough and Nick Timberlake are here. Texas wing Arterio Morris is is coming in as well. Uh, Dejuan Harris per Probably one of the better point guards in the entire country. I think he's definitely top five. Kansas is going to be really good. It's going to be a really good non-con game to begin the season. Like you mentioned, UK, maybe not at full strength. It's going to be a tough one, but I definitely think that the Wildcats can compete. Uh, Very important, I think, for Kentucky's resume based on what Kansas is probably going to do to the Big 12 this season. This is where Patton has a really interesting change in in his rankings. Immediately right after this third this uh, this Kansas game here. Number two, December 16th, he's got North Carolina as the second most important game for the Wildcats this upcoming non-conference schedule. North Carolina and Gonzaga are either are the other two premier college basketball programs on Kentucky's schedule, Andy Patton says. But a neutral site against the Tar Heels in December is a tougher matchup than a true home game in February against the Bulldogs, even if the neutral site is in Atlanta. 
Caleb Love, Caleb Love departing for Arizona is addition by subtraction for the Heels as it allows R.J. Davis to handle point guard duties alongside Notre Dame transfer Cormac Ryan, who is actually a pretty good basketball player, and stud incoming freshman Elliot Cadeau. Armando Baycott is back in the front court, and the addition of Harrison Ingram as a point forward should play very well for UNC. So they've got a really good starting five here, and I like this take from Andy. I think that in terms of resume and in terms of overall team talent, I think Gonzaga maybe I would put them at number two also because of the, the revenge factor here. But I really like this ranking here from Patton as the second most important uh, game on Kentucky's non-con slate, UNC, the Tar Heels. If you've got any thoughts on where you would put North Carolina in this ranking, leave that in the YouTube comments below. I'm curious to see from you guys, what do you think is the most important game or games of this uh, non-con schedule? Number three is Gonzaga. Like we talked about, the WCC using BYU to the Big 12 allows Gonzaga to schedule a non-conference opponent in the middle of their non-conference or the of their conference slate, and they do did so against Calipari, uh, I believe, as they used to do against Calipari coached Memphis squads, is what he says here. And they will hit the road to play at Rupp Arena as part of a six-year series. These two programs agreed to do before last season. Mark Few and the Zags got the best of Kentucky last year in Spokane, but as the Wildcats will have to deal with the monster in the middle, Drew Timmy, he and Star Wing Julian Strother are heading to the NBA. Gonzaga did add a trio of talented transfers, and this is what I want to get to here. Creighton point guard Ryan Nimhard and at center uh, Wyoming's Graham Ike. But after getting to play this team at home in February, when Calipari typically has his younger players in a rhythm, this is a big advantage for this team and could be enough to even this series at a win apiece. I agree with what Patton had to say. I, I like the players that uh, Gonzaga has brought in. I think they're a very talented team more than anything. I have a lot of respect for what Mark Few likes to do offensively. I think that he, alongside Arizona, I think they're two of the better offenses in the entire country, at least the, uh, in terms of what I would like to run. Love it, love it, love it. And I, I really do think that this is going to be a tough test. And again, to go back to what I was saying earlier, in terms of resume boosting, sure, North Carolina may end up playing a tougher schedule than Gonzaga will in the WCC, but I think that Gonzaga is probably from top to bottom. I think that, that because of their coaching and because of their talented players, I think they're a better team than North Carolina. That's just my guess. Now, UNC will rebound this season. Don't get me wrong. I don't think that UNC is a bubble team this year, but I just have a lot of faith in what Gonzaga is going to do. And then the fourth game here, Miami. Jim Larenga's Hurricanes have been back-to-back -back Elite Eights for the first time in, a pro in program history, a testament to not only Coach L's recruiting and coaching acumen, but well-documented cash flow from their NIL collective. Next year's Miami team will be without ACC Player of the Year Isaiah Wong and Jordan Miller, two key guards from last year's squad. But this is what we were talking about on, an, uh, I believe, a few episodes ago about Miami. They get Nigel Pack back, who was a really good scorer. Wuga Poplar, who was very efficient for them off the bench. Nor Chad O'Meara. They also added a player that a lot of different teams in the SEC wanted. Uh, Matthew Cleveland from Florida State, a wing there. Calipari's freshman will have already played Kansas by this point, but this game will be another test before the SEC slate begins. This game's also at home uh, for the Wildcats, which I think may factor into this ranking from Patton. The fifth, fifth most important game on the slate is at Louisville. I think that this makes sense to put Louisville here. I, I think that there are a lot of other really interesting games on this non-con slate that you can dive into, but Louisville being a little bit better this season, I think you got to watch out Watch out for them. Uh, what This is what Patton had to say about them. Losing Trenton Flowers, who has left the program to play professionally in Australia, stings for pain, but this is still a team expected to perform much better than they did in 2022-23, and they'll no doubt bring everything they've got for the Wildcats in late December. 
Payne and his staff made solid additions this offseason, including USC wing Trey White and embattled Illinois point guard Sky Clark. I had no idea that Sky Clark had transferred uh, to Illinois this offseason. Wow. Uh, Sky Clark via the transfer portal and the number six ranked recruiting class per 24-7 sports. Big man Dennis Evans and point guard Tyler Johnson. I am so sorry. I am in the process of pro- uh, going through the fact that Sky, Sky Clark has moved on from Illinois and will now be playing. Uh, will now be playing uh, at uh, at Louisville. Wow, how about that? Seven points last year. Decent three point shooter. Really good shooter from two. Um, his field goal percentage overall not great, um, but a, a, which is weird considering he's anyway. Point being, Sky Clark with Louisville with the players that they've got. Trey White's a good player. Uh, Dennis Evans is somebody that I've heard is a really solid player as well. Louisville's going to be improved. They're going to be improved. Absolutely. Absolutely they will. All right. On November 6th, New New Mexico State. This is the sixth most important non-con game, according to Andy Patton. And this is what he says here. Part of the reason this game is ranked as high as it is, despite last year's challenges, this is one of the most overhauled rosters in the country. The Aggies had 11 players in the portal, and playing them so early in the season creates a unique wrinkle for Calipari, as they'll have a much harder time prepping a game plan against this squad. Uh, they brought in, let's see here, Sam Houston State, head coach Jason Hooten. They added a top 50 transfer portal class, headlined by Seton Hall guard Femi uh, Odukale. Ah, man, I'm so bad pronouncing names. UCF wing Brandon Suggs, Wake Forest center Davion Bradford. Femi, I'll just say Odukale uh, because that makes them a... Or, um, maybe I'm saying I'm pacing it wrong. It maybe it's Aducale or Ducale. I don't know. I'm stupid. November seventh. Uh, November twentieth is St. Joseph's here. St. Joe's was barely a t- barely a top two hundred team on Kimpom. We talked about them recently on the show. This shouldn't be a, a struggle for for UK, but they do uh, bring back Eric Reynolds, the second who averaged almost twenty points per game, including almost everybody and their mother uh, from this roster. So it's going to be a little bit of a test here for St. Joseph's. So that's the top seven. That's a top seven in terms of the most important games on Kentucky's non-con slate. I'm going to continue along here in just a second. Get to some teams that I still think are, are going to be legitimate tests, I think, for this young Wildcat squad. Before we dive into that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. The NFL season has begun. You can get ready for the rest of it with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet five bucks and get 200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet five dollars will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. That's a great, great deal. And now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. That is FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. All right, continuing along here on the Monday edition of Locked On Kentucky. So we've got a few more non-con games to get to here. And the eighth most important game, according to Andy Patton, is against a team that I still think is going to be pretty good for the Wild, or for uh, against the Wildcats this season. Marshall is the number eight team on this non-con slate ranking. They were a top 100 Kim Palm team last year. They went 24-8. and eight. And they had a lot of really good offensive players, and that's what Patton wants to note here. They were lo- they are lower on this list because both Tavion Kinsey and Andrew Taylor are gone. 
Kinsey graduated after scoring over 2,600 points for the Thundering Herd while uh, Taylor hit the, hit the portal. He transferred to Mississippi State. I hinted at that recently on an episode about how I said, I think Mississippi State's going to be a much improved offensive team with their shooting, and I think Tolo Smith's going to be a great big man for them, so they're going to have a, a nice compliment, I think, on offense with Taylor and to, or Tolu Smith. Uh, Taylor's a good basketball player. He's a great shooter. Kinsey was a great scorer, but th- those guys are both gone from Marshall. Also, Micah Handglotten, uh, Logton uh, is gone to Florida, uh, depleting what was an already experienced and talented team last year. A few decent mid-major portal additions don't replicate what Coach Dan uh, D'Antoni lost, and Kentucky shouldn't struggle with this team unless they are still full from Thanksgiving dinner. That's what Patton has to say here. I think they're a decently coached team. I, I expect them to find guys to, that can score for them. I agree. I don't think that this is going to be as tough of a task as it would have been a season ago, but I still have a lot of faith in this Marshall squad. I, I, I don't think that there are a lot of numbers that really back that up. I just, I've got a gut feeling about it. Penn is underneath Marshall on this ranking. Let's see here what Patton had to say about Penn. The Wildcats will play them in Philadelphia this season. A nice homecoming for many Kentucky stars, obviously. 17-13, and 13, uh, Penn was a season ago. They finished third in the Ivan League thanks to one player, Jordan Dingle. He averaged 23.4 points per game. That was second in the country behind Antoine Davis. Dingle is now with Coach Rick Pitino at St. John's. Gosh, I would love to see Kentucky play St. John's in the postseason. And while the Quakers kept many other key players, they will have a hard time replicating last year's success without their star score. Kentucky should feel right at home in Philly, and this game falls at a nice time in the schedule for a well-rested Wildcats team to take care of business. I could not agree more with Andy Patton about this game. Solid team, good coaching, lost their star player, probably not as big of a test as, again, it would have been a season ago. There are a lot of teams on here on this slate that would have been really tough, uh, I think, for that Kentucky team. This Kentucky team, I think, is going to be okay against some of these guys. Another team that I have a lot of respect for, UNC Wilmington. They won 24 games last year, finished third in the CAA. They returned their three leading scorers who are all seniors, giving them plenty of experience and continuity. They also added a guy from New Mexico, KJ Jenkins, shot 43.6% from deep last year. This team does not have a lot of size, though. I don't really think that that, how do I say this? I, I think that it, it impacts the game, obviously. Kentucky's going to probably dominate this game athletically. But whenever it comes to matching up with some of these smaller schools, it doesn't necessarily matter how big they are. We got to see that with St. Peter's a couple of years ago. Don't get mad. But they were not they were not big. And they also didn't shoot well. And UMC Wilmington, or UNC Wilmington, sure, they may have a couple of players that can shoot really well. And that may be what gets, gets them over the hump. It doesn't matter how tall they are, though. You can make tough shots, and if you can do that, uh, you're, you're going to have a tough time if you're an opponent. So UNC Wilmington, again, a team, another team that I just, I really do think that they're, uh, they're, they're solid. I, I don't think they're, they're a bad squad at all. I think they're solid. Illinois State, the Antonio Reeves Bowl. Not a whole lot else to say about what, uh, what else this could be. Redbirds win 11-21 and 21 last year. Former Wisconsin guard Jordan Davis is here. Antonio Reeves is going to be the guy that we're all focusing on in this matchup, though. That is the 11th most important game. Texas A&M Commerce, sandwiched between the season opener against NMSU and the big matchup against Kansas, is a date with the Lions of Texas A&M Commerce, a squad that finished outside the Kimpom top 300 last year. This was not a good team, point blank. This will probably not be a good team for Kentucky to, or against Kentucky. That's just how it's going to be. It doesn't matter how young the, the Wildcats are. If Kentucky struggles in this one, Houston, we have a problem. 
this will be a huge issue if Kentucky has has an issue in this one. And the final game, this is a program that writer at Wildcats today, Andrew Stefaniak, told me uh, that he had no idea existed until we talked about him. Stonehill. Stonehill had their first season as a Division I program last year, and it went pretty okay. They finished 10-6 and six in conference play, and they uh, that was tied for second in the NEC. They went 14-7 and seven overall, obviously struggled in their non-con slate. I mean, who wouldn't in their first year as a Division I team? Uh, they also posted the same conference record as FDU, who beat Purdue in the first round of the NCAA tournament last year. Kentucky fans won't likely have much to worry about against this Seahawks squad as they'll recover from their early test versus Kansas a few days prior. I agree. This makes sense considering where it falls on the schedule. Also, not a great team uh, last year, or not a great team last year and still transitioning. Um, but impressive what Stonehill was able to do in their first year as a Division I program. Lots of respect. Lots of respect for the, for the Seahawks. All right. If you've got any thoughts on Kentucky basketball as an on-con slate, there it is. It's ranked there from 1 to 13. You can go check that article out at wildcatstoday.com. Any opinions, thoughts, questions, concerns, you can leave those in the YouTube, YouTube comments below. And I think that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on UK. Follow me on Twitter at LanceDahl underscore and follow the show over on Instagram at Kentucky Podcast. Once more, questions, comments, concerns, leave them all below. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked on Kentucky. Have a great rest of your day, and God bless.